The parsha, the parsha Bitzavim. Now you know very well that Bitzavim comes at the end. And as I tried to explain last week, the parasha of Kitavo is sort of the end of the Torah. The end of the Torah which introduces Bnei Yisrael to Eretz Yisrael. And it ends with a contract, with a Brit, an agreement between Bnei Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch the agreement summarized is not that interesting you know if you do good you'll get good and if you do bad you're going to get bad but that's in the parasha of Kitavo and that sort of is the end and now they should they're going into Eretz Yisrael so the four parashiyot at the end of the Sefer Torah the four parashiyot Nitzavim Vayelech Hazinu Vizot Habracha the four parashiyot that come at the end of the Sefer Torah are kind of additional, addendum. Uh, like something, somebody wrote a book, uh, and and felt that he had to have another chapter. He had to put in something else after it was, it was published. So the parasha of Nitzavim, while it is a very short parasha, contains a piece of very important, maybe profound information. And that's called Parashat HaTshuva, which is in Perek Lamed. I want to look at the Parashat HaTshuva a little bit. Tshuva. You know what Tshuva is? One? It's a tough word. It's not an easy word. Right? Not even a word, even though everybody could tell me an English variation of the word. But this is Parshat HaTshuva. Imperik Lamed, in other words, it comes after the Torah, after the parashah of Kitavo, comes Nitzavim. And Nitzavim contains the Parshat HaTshuva. And Parshat HaTshuva says, Vaya, Kiyavo Alecha Kol Advarim Ha'elu, connecting. This is a connecting verse. When all of these things happen to you. Right? It's almost as though... Just a second. It's almost as though... Listen. God said to Moshe Rabbeinu, we need a covenant. We need an agreement. And the agreement will be, you do good, you're going to get good. You do bad, you're going to get bad. That's the agreement. That's the agreement. But... The agreement then was written down in the Torah. Now, does that make a difference? Does that make a difference? Does that mean that the agreement has to somehow be fulfilled? So when the Torah says, if you are bad, you're going to be punished, does that mean you have to be bad at some time or other? Now, this is an important question that has to do, has to do with tshuva. If the Torah wants you to do tshuva, does the Torah want you to do an avera? Does the Torah want you to transgress in order that you should be able to do this this mitzvah? So what does the pasuk say? Right? It's not just. It's not just an agreement. Ella alecha kol. 
this is all going to happen. That was, it's all going to happen. The good is going to happen and the bad is going to happen because it's written in the Torah. I, mean, you could, I could say that. I mean, I, I added that on. But you could say that if it's written in the Torah, it has to have some sort of, it has to be connected to some sort of reality. And that's what the Pasuk says. Which I've given to you, is a variation of the word tshuva. You will go back to you, who you really are, right? What your heart tells you that you are. Right, you know that you're going to do bad. You do bad, you're going to be exiled because that's what it says in the agreement. And then in exile, this is like a a subsequent promise that Moshe Rabbeinu is making in the name of heaven. You will return. Return to what? Return to yourself. You will return to yourself in all those places that you find yourself. That's, so the point of punishment, the point of punishment is to reconstitute the Jewish people in a more proper, more proper way. And that reconstitution of the Jewish people is called tshuva. That's what it's called. Now we are in Pasuk Bet. Now, theologically, I don't know what that means, but pragmatically, I do know what it means. It means that whatever demands heaven made upon you, right, whatever those demands were, right, you, you were in exile, because you didn't listen. And now you're going to rethink it, and you are going to listen. You will listen to his voice. There's a, 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 like a new covenant. It's, it's almost as though the Torah says, look, there's an agreement. And the agreement is... If you do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. But since that agreement is in the Torah, so we know that that's what's going to happen. Right? Good is going to be good, and bad is going to be bad. Bad is going to be bad. But then, you're not going to need the agreement anymore. You're not going to... This is clarified a little further. Another few psukim, but you understand this idea? That if you go through this process of punishment and vindication of punishment and tshuva, and you become the kind of people who actually listen, who accept, who understand what God wants of them, then uh, there won't be a punishment. There won't be a punishment. Pasuk Gimel. V'shav Hashem V'shav and Hashem will Shav, make you return, make you return. Shivutcha v'richa mecha. Right, the people who are left, they will, they will be the recipients of mercy. 
Vishav Nachamu, right? And and return you the Kibetzcha because Mikol Amim Hashem Vitzcha Hashem Elokach Hashem, and God will bring you back. God will bring you back. So the promise, the subsequent promise, the Kodesim. I once learned that word. I loved it. I got over it. The 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 codicil of the agreement that's in the parsha of Kitavo is that it won't happen again. It's not going to happen again. When again is I don't know. But but it's going to happen. The bad the good people will be rewarded. The bad people will be punished. Right? That's what it says. That's what it says. And then. Uh, after the punishment, there'll be a return, and that'll be the end of it. That'll be the end of Jewish history. I mean, as far as that particular uh, uh, fact is concerned, Pasuk Dalit, Im Yeni if you like, God dispersed all over the world, God will bring you back from wherever you are. Well, wherever this is the uh, the, the the promise of the Sochnut, right? The great Sochnut of all times will bring everybody back to Israel, or maybe Nefesh Benefesh. And will bring you back to Eretz Israel, and you will Yerishta, Yerishta, you will inherit it. You inherit it again, right? Inheritance is a kind of ownership, right? You have to reown it. You have to take it again because it's not obvious. It's not going to be obvious. I don't want to, you know, those of you who are politically minded can talk about the political situation. Pasuk Vav. This is the important Pasuk or the, the Pasuk that explains what I've just been saying. Umal Hashem Elokechet Levavcha. God will circumcise your heart, which means, which means that what was the reason you didn't pay attention the first time around? Why didn't you do the mitzvot that you were supposed to do? Why were you kicked out of the out of the land? Because you lacked. Devotion, right? You lack devotion to the the rules. Let's say you 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 were not into it. There was something wrong with you. You knew that God wants you to do this, but you didn't accept it. You 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 you, uh, you uh, denied that responsibility. God will circumcise whatever is covering your heart and preventing it from accepting uh, the divine dictate. So this pasuk means that there will be at the end of days we don't know what that is it will be at the end of days a change where suddenly following the divine demand will become obvious and simple and reasonable and and we won't be we won't be swayed by uh, uh, false interests or secondary interests that are not as 
powerful and good as this primary interest. That's what's going to happen. You'll be la'ahava. It'll become the, what you want to do is to follow the directive that HaKadosh Baruch Hu set out for you. Right? You, you, you're going to lose. I wouldn't say you're going to lose free will, but that's not what the psukim say, but it means you're going to want to do the right thing. You're going to want to do, I mean, that could be a person who has free will. A person wants to do the, uh, uh, even though it's true that, you know, where free will came from is a problem. Pasuk Zayin, V'natan Hashem Elokechet Kol Ha'alota Eila Eloivecha V'asodecha Asher Edabucha And then the punishment will devolve on the new enemy, all the nations that put you into that, that uh, even though this was part of the divine plan, nevertheless, nevertheless, it, it was not executed uh, uh, properly. And therefore, they, the, the people who executed this divine plan, they, 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 deserve, they deserve a punishment. V'atata shuv, pasuk chet, v'shamata b'kol Hashem, and you will atatashuv. Tashuv now we understand means you'll be reconstituted, you'll be remade, you you there'll be a do-over, a makeover, and that makeover will be tashuv Hashem, and you will listen to accept the directive from Hashem. So what's the difference between before and after? Before, Asita at Kol HaMitzvot was a struggle. It was always, we're always being uh, uh, annoyed by, by reality. Uh, we, we find it difficult to, to live without enjoying, taking pleasure, uh, uh, doing things that are on the brink of what we should not be doing. That's going to change. That is going to change. This is the parashat ha-teshuvah, pasuk tet, v'otircha Hashem lukecha bekol ma'asei yadecha, v'fri b'tricha v'yabemtecha v'yadmatcha letova, v'otircha, you'll be left. You'll be left out letova. Everything, everything that grows, everything that, that reproduces, ki yashuv Hashem l'ashut alecha letov, and, and the relationship, I mean, that we could use that word here, you know, the Pesach doesn't say that, but the relationship between God and, and, and Am Yisrael, you see the Pesach, the Pesach, Ki Yashuv Hashem Lasus Alecha Letov, God will enjoy have joy, be joyous with you. With you is a way of saying that there is uh, compatibility, that somehow the relationship works, right? Before it didn't work. There was some problem, and now it works. Letov. And with Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, the relationship was solid. Right? Pasuk Yud, the last Pasuk of the sheet. Ki tishma, bekol Hashem al-Vakar, l'shmo b'tzotav, v'chukotav, ha-ktuva, b'seva Torah, ze. 
right? Tishma bekol Hashem You listen to God's voice. What does that mean? All of the mitzvot, all of the directives, right? Those that are written in this Sefer Torah, which is this, this Sefer Torah? This Sefer Torah is the Sefer Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu is giving to B'nai Israel. Stay tuned next week. The, the uh, I don't mean the Shir, I mean the Parsha, right? That Moshe Rabbeinu wrote Sifrei Torah and gave it out to the tribes. Each tribe received a Sefer Torah. So when, when the Pasuk says, Right? Always say it's an important word. It's a word that that Chazal were concerned about, and it's a word that the Kabbalists were concerned about. Right? It's a dectic pronoun. It's a pronoun of pointing. It points at something. So when you say Sefer Torah Hazer, that means there is one. There is this Sefer Torah. It exists. And Moshe Rabbeinu is giving it to B'nai Yisrael. So if I had to summarize this parasha, which is called the Parashat HaTshuva, I would say that it's kind of an addendum to the parasha of Kitavo. The parasha of Kitavo is the parasha of the Brit, the covenant that B'nai Israel kind of signed on to. They signed on to it when they were about to enter Eretz Israel, when Moshe Rabbeinu was giving up his leadership position to Yoshua bin Nun, and they had a lot of certain instructions which we talked about, setting up stones in the Jordan River, in Shechem, in Gilgal, uh, this, these things were going on. But Israel were getting directives for Eretz Yisrael. And then Moshe Rabbeinu says to them that the contract that you signed on to will actually happen. At first, there's going to be a kind of a peace. People will inherit the land and the, the, the land of Israel, kibush v'nachalah, we say, right? We conquered by Am Yisrael and it will be inherited. It will be settled by Am Yisrael. But that kibush ve'nachala is not going to last and they're going to be exiles. And the exile, I guess, since there are... Chazal say that since there is a... something in... in uh, um, in Parashat Kitavo, you know, in Parashat Bechukotai, at the end of the book of Ayikra, Parashat Bechukotai, and then Kitavo, that one has to do with Bayat Rishon and the other has to do with Bayat Sheni, but there's no doubt that, that Kitavo describes the situation after the Roman exile, the exile from Eretz Israel, which left us um, in a state where we didn't know we didn't know what was going to happen. When we, the, the Churban Bayat Rishon, you have to remember the Churban Bayat Rishon, they were Nevi'im. They were prophets who told us that we would be back in a limited amount of time. And that changed the nature of the punishment. 
But for Bayat Sheni, for the punishment of Bayat Sheni, there are no prophets. And there's no reason to think that any year will lead us to freedom. Right? It's just that there's a promise in the Torah that that freedom will come. And so that's what the Parashat HaTshuva is. That's what Parashat HaTshuva is. And uh, just one second. Okay, I will. Uh, th- that's the first thing. First thing I wanted to tell you about tshuva is that it's a guarantee. There's a guarantee in the Torah that we will do tshuva and we will reestablish ourselves as we should be, however that is. However that is. But. But that doesn't mean that we're not responsible for anything, that we could just sit back and, uh, and rest. And the next pasuk the, that's not on the sheet, lately this has happened to me several times, it says, Ki ha-mitzvah hazot. Ki ha-mitzvah hazot, describing what we've talked about up to now. So what is the mitzvah hazot that the Torah is pointing to, that Moshe Rabbeinu is pointing to, Kiya Mitzvah Azot. So the Ramban, Ramban, remember the Ramban? Ramban uh, was very, uh, very insightful. He said, Kiha Mitzvah Azot refers to the Mitzvah of Tshuva. In, in, in other words, the fact that there's a promise the fact that there's a promise that everything works out at the end doesn't mean that we're not obliged to work on ourselves in the interim. means you can't just sit around in chutzlaretz. You can't sit around in chutzlaretz and wait for everything to resolve itself automatically. But you have to take charge of yourself. And that's a mitzvah. That's a mitzvah. What's that mitzvah called? According to, according to the Ramban, that mitzvah is called tshuva. So now we have the use of the word tshuva in two contexts. Uh, one is tshuva, the national idea, right? What's going to happen to Am Yisrael? And this is discussed by Rav Kook in a little book that he wrote called Orot HaTshuva. If anybody likes Rav Cook or you have, you have patience to go through it, you could just pick a chapter. He didn't really write it as a book. It's just, he wrote chapters. So you could actually open the book to any chapter at all and, and learn it. And so if you, have, if you like a, a, a sort of a mystical way of thinking about, uh, about the... Uh, the people, the nation, the the future of the nation, you could try Arota Tshuva of Rav Kook, but what the, what the Ramban is talking about, the Ramban is talking about is the regular idea of Tshuva. 
that every person has to, has to do something, has to act, has to become uh, a worthy, a person worthy of redemption. And the way to become worthy of redemption, you have to, uh, you have to do tshuva. That's what the that's what the Rambam says. So kia mitzvah azot, kia mitzvah azot. That's the that's the Ramban. Now, interestingly enough, I mean, the Rambam has a different has somewhat of a different take on it. You know that the Rambam the Rambam wrote. Uh, wrote about Hilchot Tshuva. He wrote the, about the laws of Tshuva. The laws of Tshuva were very important to the Rambam. You know, there was this uh, conflict. There was a conflict uh, the Jewish people had about the Rambam. There were people, especially in northern France, who didn't like the Rambam and didn't like what he had done. What he had done was he kind of summarized the entire Torah in a easy to read, like art scroll kind of fashion. That's one thing that the Rambam did. The other thing is that he, while he quotes all the Talmudic sources, he doesn't designate them. And uh, they were commentaries who felt that this was a breach of trust that we had. The Rambam himself the Rabbi himself wrote in his introduction, introduction to the Yadah the Rambam says, look, what I really want is everybody should be learning philosophy. But you can't learn philosophy unless you learn the basics, right? You can't build a building on air. You have to have a, like a solid foundation. And so the solid foundation for the Jewish student, the solid foundation is halacha. Uh, what's called in the Gemara, and the Rambam quotes it, Havayot Abayeva Rava. And Havaya, Havaya events, events that are discussed by Abaye and Rava. So the Rambam, oh, I'll tell you, so the Rambam was the subject of controversy, controversy, was the subject of controversy. And there were those who really. Uh, Eventually, eventually, the books of the Rambam were, were burnt, not by Jews, but the Jews apparently egged on the Dominicans who, who actually did it. Uh, it's hard to understand uh, de facto, but you know that, the, that this disagreement actually existed, and the Ramban we just quoted the Ramban, right? Kiya mitzvah azot, it's a mitzvah, tshuva is a mitzvah. The Ramban, who did not like the fact that the Rambam had a high opinion of philosophy. He did not like the fact that the Rambam used philosophy and philosophers in order to understand, especially in the Mauri Nebuchim, but not only the Mauri also in the first section of the Yara Chazakah, his halachic work, right, there, there as well. Um, the Ramban said, the Ramban, so they came to the Ramban, I'm making this up, like to make it more dramatic. 
they came to the Ramban and he said, look, we have the Ramban, we've got to do, do something, fix things, you know, like people always say, we've got to fix it for the children, we've got to fix it for the adults. The Ramban is, is corrupting everybody. So the, uh, they came to the Ramban and they wanted the Ramban to sign on. You know, this is like the way it works. This is the way it works. So the Ramban said, I can't do that. Because if we take a stand against the Rambam, we will lose Hilchot Tshuva. The Rambam himself, the Rambam himself compiled uh, a, a little book called The Laws of Repentance. And the Ramban, who was not just a regular guy, thought that the... Uh, that what he had done, what the Rambam had done, was of such great significance that even if you didn't like other things in the Rambam, you couldn't uh, avoid avoid that. So the Rambam, the Rambam in Hilchotu Juva, the Rambam Hilchot Juva. Just one second. The Rambam says, "Kol Mitzvot he says, any of the mitzvot in the Torah, bein asay, bein lotasay, whether it's a positive commandment or a negative commandment, imavar adam alachat mehem, if a person transgresses, he doesn't do what he's supposed to do, and he doesn't avoid the things that he's supposed to, to avoid. Kevan bein nisharim, bein bishkagak, anyway, the Ramam says, Right, When you do, when he does tshuva, he does tshuva, and he changes his yashuv micheto, and he will repent his sin. Chayav, he's obligated litvadot to confess, so that the Rambam. The Rambam doesn't think that doing tshuva is a mitzvah. He says, means any normal person is going to do tshuva. Any person who recognizes the fact that he has sinned before God will certainly ask for some sort of, of, uh, uh, of compensation or, or, or change or, or help me or prayer. I mean, it, it's, so, it's so obvious uh, for the Rambam. So the Rambam says it's not a mitzvah. Tshuva is not a mitzvah. That's what seems to be the, 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 the tenor of the words in the Rambam. There's no mitzvah. So what is it if it's not a mitzvah? He says, chayav litvadot. There is a mitzvah connected to tshuva, and that mitzvah that's connected to tshuva is called vidui. And the word vidui means confession. So it's not enough, the Ramam says, to feel tshuva, but you have to say it. You have to say it. And we know that that's the tradition, right? There's a tradition that we have on Yom HaKippurim, where we say, Right? What is all that? You know all that? Well, we say, and then, you know, you have the competition who could clap harder and, and, and uh, 
create, uh, you know, loss of blood or something. What is that? What are, what are we doing? Well, we're making sure that if we have anything to confess, we're going to confess it, right? In this list, right? If you, you know that in the, in the time of the Tanakh, an alphabetical list was like more complete. It had this idea of completeness. So we say Ashrei a lot, right? Eishet Chayil. This idea that there's an alphabetical round robin is something that enables me to create a, a total image, right? It's all there. So if I say I'm not just saying different kinds of transgressions, but I'm also saying it alphabetically. And alphabetically, saying it alphabetically means it's got everything to it. I mean, even if the words don't contain everything, the alphabet contains everything. So that the, the, for, the, for the Rambam, for the Rambam who says that vidui, confession, that's the mitzvah. That's what you have to do. You have to confess. So the tradition of davening, the way we daven, enables us to confess. Enables us to confess. But so we have this machloket, right? Machloket, a, a contradiction between the Rambam on the one hand and the Ramban on the other hand. The Rambam says, there is no mitzvah called tshuva. The mitzvah is vidui. And the Ramban says that there is a mitzvah called tshuva. Now we know, we know that a lot of uh, interpreters, commentators ask this question. How could there be a mitzvah of tshuva? How could there be a mitzvah of tshuva? I mean, doesn't that mean that everybody has to do transgressions? Everybody has to do transgression because if you do a transgression, then you can do tshuva, you can fulfill the mitzvah. Right? People ask that question. So, it's not clear. It's not clear exactly for example, you know, whether every, every positive commandment is built upon some other obligation. That, for example, the Torah says that if you steal something, yes, you have an obligation to give it back. If you steal something, you have to give back what you stole. Does that mean that you have to steal something? That everybody has to go and steal something in order that they should be able to, uh, to return it? That doesn't seem to be, that doesn't seem to be correct. That doesn't seem to be correct, but in fact, why is it that, there's, what's the difference between stealing and tshuva? Stealing and tshuva. If you steal something, right, the obligation to return it exists because the it that you stole, it's there. It's just sitting there. It was the loss 
is the loss of your fellow uh, traveler. You steal from him, you have to give it back to him. The reason that you have to give it back to him is that you still have it. If you don't have it, the Gemara explains, if you don't have it, you don't have to give it back. I mean, that, uh, that's obvious. That's obvious, but when it comes to Bein Adam La Makom, when it comes to anything in uh, relating to God, when it comes to something relating to God, uh, that situation doesn't really exist. It's not, it's not the same. Not the same at all. So, The Ramban. The Ramban says this. Let's a little bit of the Ramban. Right? Kvar his karti kia parasha hazot atida. I've already mentioned that this parasha describes the situation in the future. That everything that's described in this parasha never happened. The time of the Ramban had never happened, but it will happen. It will happen. And this, this is a theory that the Ramban had. The Ramban said, why does the Torah tell us what happened in the Garden of Eden? Well, why do I have to know what happened in the Garden of Eden? Why doesn't the Torah start with Adam and Chava thrown out of the Garden of Eden, having to make their way, having to live their lives, having to live their lives in this world, not in some imaginary fantasy land? Right? That's not the way it is. So what is the Ramban's answer to that question? The Ramban said, the Ramban said, listen, it's the beginning and the end are the same. The beginning and the end are the same. I can't help you. Anyway, the be the beginning and the end are the same, according to the Ramban. That, that Adam and Chava lived in a place called Gan Eden. And that place that's called Gan Eden is where we will all live. Because the beginning of all things and the resolution of all things, the Ramban thought that could happen, is the same. So look again at that Ramban. You see the Ramban? I've already mentioned that this parasha that we learned about about Teshuvah uh, uh, it will take place. It will take place in the future. All of the things that are described here 
that you will be in exile and you'll be under the weight of the nations and they will make you suffer and they will be punished and then you will return. None of that happened at the time that the Torah was written. None of that had happened. Aval heim atidim lihiyot. But they will become. They will become the next Ramban. Right? You will return to God. You will accept for yourself and your progeny for generations. You'll do. You'll accept my directive. Vikashar Asu Bigula Shniya as they did in the Gula Ashniya in the second redemption, right? Ezra, when the first is Mitzrayim, and the second is Ezra. Dikhtib the quote apostle in Nechemya Uva Imba Ela Bishwala Lechet Bitorata Elokim Asher Nitna Biyad Moshe Ebed Elokim the Shmobula Sot so you see that the Pasuk in Nehemiah, Nehemiah, remember Nehemiah, mm-hmm. right? Ezra, Nehemiah is different than Ezra, right? Ezra was the one who came, who led the Jews back to Eretz Israel in a manner of speaking. He wasn't the first to come back. I mean, they were they were. Uh, 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 those who came back before Ezra, but he led, he became the leader. Ezra Kohen, he, he fixed the Torah and he set up the, uh, the way of, of, of worship and he started building the Beit HaMikdash. That's Ezra. Nehemiah was a different kind of character who stayed for 12 years in Yerushalayim as a representative of the Persian of the Persian king. He helped the Jews. He was I mean, a Jew, but he helped the Jews rebuild or start to rebuild the temple. And after all of that happened, he left Nehemiah. So you had always, so even in Bayat Sheini, if you just take Ezra and Nehemiah as models, you see they were not all the same. They didn't, they didn't all do the same thing. So here the Ramban says, O ye mitzavcha tavanecha, those words, I command you and your children, kimo mitzavcha lecha ubanecha, lecha ubanecha. Okay. Uh, okay. So we, we see that there are two kinds of tshuva that are referred to. One is the Rambam's idea of tshuva, which is individual, emphasizing vidui, that you have to say something, you have to speak, you have to speak the transgression that you, that you, that you did. And then there's the idea of the Ramban, who says that tshuva itself doesn't say anything about vidui. But he says, tshuva itself is a mitzvah. It's necessary in the sense that it's, it creates the proper Jewish people. That somehow 
the frustration of the parish of Kitavo. The parish of Kitavo says, you have a problem. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be the way we want it to be. And you're going to have to improve. And then it says clearly, Mal, I told you, means to circumcise. Circumcision means to remove an outer covering, to remove something which is seen as being uh, prohibitive. It's preventing something. It's keeping you from. It's keeping you from doing something. All of that is called is called mal. Mal The word milo. The word. The Hebrew word milo is the same. Is the same uh, a word. So there is this idea already in the Torah of some ultimate sense of tshuva. That what does it mean? What do we mean when we say we've got to come to our senses? We've got to figure out what to do with ourselves. So the answer to that question is tshuva, according to the according to the parasha in Nitzavim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, promises that will there'll be an antidote to the seesaw that was created in the parasha of Kitavo, that we're not going to live in an ultimate state of uh, lack of clarity. It's not just going to remain that way, but it'll change. It'll change. The punishment of B'nai Yisrael in the diaspora will produce a different kind of, of people. If you have that question, I don't know. The question of where are we now? I don't know. But we could hope for the best, right? Okay. I wish you all a ksiba v'chasima tova. To you, ksiba v'chasima Rosh Hashanah is, Rosh Hashanah is the toughest day of the year, right? I think.